The information provided on this podcast is not legal advice and is intended for the sole purpose of providing education and legal information. Laws change over time, and the information provided on this podcast may not be up to date. We make no warranty, express or implied, regarding the information provided by our team or our guests on this podcast. The information should not be construed as legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship with us or any of our guests on the podcast. If you would like to consult with an attorney, please call 1-800-VICTIMS. That's 1-800-842-8467 for attorney referral contact information. This podcast provides a platform for the exchange of ideas and information to help educate crime victims on their rights. Some content will include topics and materials that may involve descriptions of violence or assaults which can be distressing to victims and survivors. It may also impact service providers experiencing vicarious trauma. Podcasting from the Victims of Crime Resource Center, this is Knowledge is Power, Victim to Survivor, a podcast series where we help crime victims understand their rights so they can go from victims to survivors. On this episode, we'll discuss wage theft. Welcome in, everyone. It's me once again, your humble host, Nima Malavi, with the Victim of Crime Resource Center. And today, it's my pleasure to welcome in Julia Sidhu into the podcast. Julie is the Deputy Labor Commissioner for the Labor Commissioner's Office. Thank you for taking your time to uh, come on the podcast today, Julia. Thank you for having me. I want to start our discussion today by asking you about the Department of Industrial Relations. What does the department do? The California Department of Industrial Relations protects and improves the health, safety, and economic well-being of over 18 million wage earners and helps their employers comply with state labor law. The Department of Industrial Relations, or DIR, is comprised of different divisions, including the Division of Workers' Compensation, the California Occupational Safety and Health Administration, also known as CalOSHA, and the Division of Labor Standards Enforcement, also known as the Labor Commissioner's Office. Can you tell me a little bit more about the Labor Commissioner's Office? Sure. The Labor Commissioner's Office adjudicates wage claims, investigates discrimination in public works complaints, and enforces labor law and the Industrial Welfare Commission wage orders. Additionally, we conduct on-site inspections at workplaces for wage and hour law violations, and we enforce laws concerning child labor and workers' compensation insurance coverage. And Julia, what is your role at the Labor Commissioner's Office? I work as a Deputy Labor Commissioner in the Wage Claim Adjudication Unit, So basically, I handle claims for unpaid wages, including minimum wages, overtime, meal period premiums, rest period premiums, commissions, bonuses, piece rate wages, and different penalties employees can claim under the labor code. I hold conferences with employees and employers regarding the claim that was filed with our office and discuss the claim with both parties. The purpose of the conference is to clarify the claim and then settle the matter. If the claim does not get resolved at the conference, the matter will be referred to a hearing. How can the Labor Commissioner's Office help those that are considered to be low-wage workers? Low-wage workers can file a claim with the Labor Commissioner's Office. Additionally, low-wage workers can actually look up the wagetheftisacrime.com website to learn about additional information concerning their rights under the labor code. They can also learn how to go about filing a wage claim. Okay, I'd like to switch gears and talk a little bit about wage theft. Can you tell us what wage theft is? Absolutely. Wage theft occurs when employers do not pay workers according to the law. Are there any jobs or industries that are particularly vulnerable to wage theft? Yes, there are, in fact. 
There are certain industries that are vulnerable to wage theft. Those industries include the janitorial industry, the agricultural industry, garment and construction industries, car wash industry, and restaurant industries are also vulnerable to wage theft. In fact, some of these industries have to be licensed and registered with our office before they even start or operate their business, such as the farm labor contractor. Uh, the farm labor contractor has to be licensed and registered with our office before they can operate. And same with the garment industry and car wash industries. They have to be licensed, registered, and have a bond with our office. Um, and we actually have a Bureau of Field Enforcement. That's another unit that's uh, within the Division of Labor Standards Enforcement. And we actually have field deputies that conduct, conduct on-site inspections in industries to ensure compliance with labor laws and prioritizes investigations of areas in which employees are relatively low-paid and unskilled and have a history of labor law violations. Could you maybe provide us with some additional examples of, of wage theft? Sure, absolutely. So another example of wage theft could be when an employee is required to work off the clock. So for instance, maybe there is a business that operates as a car wash a business and they have all the workers who aren't working or waiting for a car to come in, they'll have all the workers clock out during that time. And then when a car comes in to be worked on, then the employees or workers can clock back in. So in that event, all the employees should be paid for the time they spend waiting, even just, you know, waiting for a vehicle to come in. Maybe they're not performing any labor, but they're waiting. They still need to be paid for that time. I see. I want to switch gears and talk a little bit about the Wage Theft Protection Act. How can it help victims of wage theft, uh, generally speaking? Sure. So the Wage Theft Protection Act is a law that went into effect on January 1, 2012. And that law established Labor Code Section 2810.5. So Labor Code Section 2810.5 requires all employers in California to provide a written notice to each employee showing the name of the legal entity the employee works for, the employee's rate of pay, uh, the employer's workers' compensation insurance information, and the sick leave information employers are required to provide also. So if one of our listeners suspects that either they or a friend have been the victim of wage theft, what steps should they take? Well, they can first check out the wagetheftisacrime.com website and review the plethora of information available there. The website also talks about uh, how an employee can go about filing a claim for unpaid wages and then also, uh, the employee or worker can actually visit one of the labor commissioner's field offices and file a claim in person. And we also accept claims by regular mail and even by email. Okay. Uh, I'd like to talk about a, a similar issue. Uh, specifically, how does a person's immigration status affect their ability to report a wage theft? All workers have rights in California. The immigration status of any party has absolutely no bearing on our process. 
the labor code is clear on this. So we never ask a question about a person's immigration status. So if someone is concerned about that, um, they should not fear because we do not keep track of that. We never ask about a person's immigration status, and that person can definitely file a claim with our office. Do you ever see any issues relating to employee misidentification with respects to issues regarding independent contractors or, or employees? Yes, we do. Misclassification is a major issue. Now, there are times when an employer may either intentionally or unintentionally classify a worker as an independent contractor. Um, if there has been a worker who is not sure they believe that they're entitled to be paid minimum wage and overtime, um, but the way that they've you know, been classified, they've been told they're an independent contractor, that worker should still consider filing a claim with the Labor Commissioner's Office and allow us to make a decision on whether or not they are entitled to the wages that they claim due. Because in fact, they really could be an employee. What are some of the resources for victims of wage theft? So again, definitely an employee can check out or even a worker, a friend can check out the wagetheftisacrime.com website. And there's a plethora of information on the website um, that provides additional information about rights employees have under the law. And then also they can file, learn about filing claim, how they can file a claim on that website. They can also visit a local field office or even call this number. 1-844-522-6734. And once again, that is 1-844-522-6734. Julie, can you tell me a little bit about the Bureau of Field Enforcement? Sure. That is a different unit than I work in at the Labor Commissioner's Office. So the Bureau of Field Enforcement uh, conducts on-site workplace inspections and looks for wage and hour and labor law violations, uh, that unit actually handles group claims. So the types of claims I handle are for an individual worker claiming unpaid wages on their own behalf, but the Bureau of Field Enforcement investigates complaints on behalf of all of the affected workers. So what we're looking for are, as I mentioned, um, work and hour and labor law violations, and that can include a number of things. Like, for instance, there might be a worker who says uh, they're not being paid overtime, and maybe they work with 10 other people that are also not being paid overtime. So that worker will file a claim with the Bureau of Field Enforcement, not only on their, on their behalf, but also on behalf of all of their coworkers. Now, you mentioned the example of not being paid overtime. Perhaps it would be a good time to discuss, um, to discuss that. Could you explain the current overtime standard? Sure. Overtime is required to be paid uh, after eight hours per day for most workers. So the overtime rate is one and one half times the regular rate of pay. And what about minimum wage? What is the current minimum wage? The minimum wage is based on the number of employees an employer has working for them. So currently, uh, the minimum wage for employers who have 26 or more employees is $12 per hour. And for employers who have 25 or fewer is $11 per hour. Now, how about a split shift? Uh, can you describe a little bit about what a split shift is? 
Yes, a split shift is when there is more than a one hour gap in between shifts. And this split shift has been created by the employer. Um, one common example where split shift could occur is the restaurant industry. There might be a restaurant that's open for breakfast in the morning and has all the workers come in and work a, a morning shift of, let's say, four hours. And then the restaurant closes for lunch, but then reopens for dinner. And then all of the workers come back and work another four-hour shift. Well, that's a split shift. So according to the law, an employee is entitled to a split shift premium, which is one hour of pay at the minimum wage rate for each day the split shift occurs. I see. And if there are any of our audience members that have any additional questions about anything that we talked about today, can you please provide the information where they can reach out to your department? Absolutely. Anyone who's interested about learning more about uh, wage theft or learning about filing a claim can visit the wagetheftisacrime.com website. There's a plethora of information available to uh, anyone who wants to know more about labor law. And then also the employee or worker can contact one, call us at 1-844-522-6734. Again, that's 1-844-522-6734. Or they can also visit us at one of our local field offices. Julie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your experience uh, about wage theft. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now that you've heard the show, please take a moment to rate and review it. And if you have any questions about any of the information you heard today, you can reach the Victims of Crime Resource Center at 1-800-842-8467. Or you can reach us online at 1-800-VICTIMS.ORG or Facebook at Victims of Crime Resource Center or Twitter at 1-800-VICTIMS. If you haven't had a chance, please take a look at some of the other episodes in our series. Thanks for listening.